This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I've been telling you for a while that they weren't going to release us from their grip. They weren't going to let us get out from underneath their thumb. The authoritarian Democrats so brainwashed, so in love with the sound of their own voices and the ability to tell you what to do, that it wasn't just going to be a function of the caseload for covid going down, that we couldn't just say, hold on a second, look at mask mandate states and unmasked mandate states or states that didn't require it and see the data and come to the obvious conclusion about what worked and what didn't work, come to the very clear uh, consensus that so many of these so-called interventions and mitigation measures barely worked, if at all, and created enormous costs, that they would look at the data on schools, they would look at what's happened to small businesses and realize that this was a mania, a lunacy, that they were all on board with because it meant they could be Trump. But now we have to actually suffer through the consequences as a country. Now that daylight is emerging in America from this pandemic, we see the full scale and scope of the damage. They're not going to relent, but the big social media companies aren't going to relent either. And they are constantly tracking you. This is a really big problem. You can't trust these companies anymore. I don't trust them. I don't want them tracking me. I don't want them being able to know everywhere that I've gone because they keep that information. They run it through algorithms and it could be used against you down the line. Who knows? There's a lot going on right now in the world of tech that should put you on edge. And so you need to use tech to your advantage where possible to protect your privacy, to protect your online viewing habits. That's why I've got ExpressVPN. This is the most trusted, the best name in a virtual private network you can possibly get. ExpressVPN, make sure that when you search for something online, when you watch a video or click a link, it isn't getting tracked the same way by big tech companies. When I use ExpressVPN, companies can't actually see my IP address at all. My identity is anonymized by a secure VPN server. My data is also encrypted for maximum protection. Don't let these companies get rich off of violating your privacy and also perhaps using what you do against you down the line. You know, you have the wrong thoughts about Fauci. If you're like me, you're already targeted by Facebook. You're already targeted by Google. Make it harder for them. Use technology to your advantage. That's ExpressVPN. This is a must. You have to have ExpressVPN. Download it to all of your devices. This is the company I trust. Stop handing over your data to big tech companies and the government. Defend your rights. Defend your privacy with the VPN that I trust for online protection. Visit expressvpn.com slash buck. That's expressvpn.com slash buck to get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com dot com slash buck right now. Biden finally emerges to give a speech, addresses the nation. And my Lord, was it depressing? I mean, this was the speech in tone, in tenor that you could have expected perhaps 12 months ago from a president. But even then, I think it would have been tone deaf. This is exactly what the Democrats have become. Listen to us or else. Don't look at the data. Don't look at your own experience of what's happened in this country. Do what we tell you or terrible things will happen to you. For a lot of us, we'll look at this and say, hold on a second. We have over 525,000 dead in America right now from COVID-19 over the last 12 months. Who thinks that this was well handled? Who thinks that our mitigation measures, as Fauci says, were a success? 
Oh, because we're the country that doesn't listen. Well, as you know, on a per capita basis, the UK, which had more extreme restrictions, had a higher death count than we did. So it's not just America. It's not just Trump supporters. They can live in this fantasy land as much as they want. They failed. The lockdowners failed. We have the data. We have the information. There is no honest good faith argument anymore about their success. The only question is how catastrophic, how painful was their wrongness for all of us? I mean, I honestly wanted to scream profanity at the TV when I'm watching Joe Biden tell me and tell everybody else across the country that if you if you do everything I say, you know, maybe you could actually have a barbecue with your family members next time. Uh, people are barbecuing right now, Joe, all across the country. People are indoor dining. People are living their lives as much as they possibly can, despite the lunatic libs running around saying triple mask. Where's your triple mask? Why don't you take it seriously? They're all so frightened because of the panic porn that has been out there. They say things like we denied, like the Trump administration denied the virus, virus deniers. That's a stupid slander that only morons could say out loud. Trump shut down international travel 12 months ago, blocked flights from China, but then also blocked flights from all over the world. We shut down travel. We had lockdowns. Trump extended the lockdown request. I mean, I know it was in the hands of the states, but he said this is what we should do. There's no virus denial. The only difference here is people who think that if you get constantly hectored, if you're being nagged incessantly by a bunch of of power mad hall monitors from the CDC and from the, the corporate media, about washing your hands and social distancing. If only you get nagged enough, we're going to save lives. Didn't work. Didn't work. They, they can keep pretending like they're great heroes and all this stuff, but the virus ripped through the country. We have tens of millions of confirmed infections, more infections than we can, than we can actually count right now. We don't even know. They say 40% of cases are asymptomatic. Let me ask you this. Do you think that 40% of asymptomatic cases have actually been caught. So do you think we've even gotten to close to half of the number of asymptomatic cases? That are, Of course not. Whatever happened to serology testing? We used to do that. Why did we stop? Ask yourself these questions. All the people that come at me that are so angry, it's really because they're both afraid and they're vain. They think they're smarter than they are. They think they've really thought this through. I remember when we were being told that test and trace was necessary to reopen at all. In New York, it was actually considered a requirement. We can't, op we can't open restaurants. We can't open up businesses until we get to a certain test and trace level. Well, that was idiocy because we're never going to actually get to that level of test and trace because you can't actually chase down every contact and every positive case at any given time in any population center of the country. It doesn't work. We've never been able to do it. But they thought that that was necessary. That was last June. I'm not talking about 100 years ago. That was in 2020. Whatever happened to serology testing? In New York City, serology testing showed last June, 20% of the city had already been infected. Oh, we were masking all right, masking everywhere. We had shut down businesses. We had all kinds of procedures in place. 20% of the city got infected with this virus. How many do you think have been infected by now?
Just just take that as, as an example. We had the most cases, the most deaths, the worst outbreak of the virus yet over this winter. So you you have to assume another 20 to 30 percent of people were infected in New York over the wintertime. I mean, that's just common sense. And so now we're getting to 40, 50 percent of people that have already been that have already had the virus. And we've now added into that large numbers who have been vaccinated. So we're getting pretty close to the end of this thing for real. Does it sound like that, though, when you hear Joe Biden? Why are they doing serology testing? Because people would realize this notion that we have to get the whole country vaccinated is crazy. We've had tens of millions of people that have immunity to the virus from having had it already. Are they supposed to get vaccinated, too? We're supposed to pretend that what we know about over 100 years of of medicine and vaccination, that it doesn't count anymore. Notice you, you don't even see why don't they do any serology testing? Why is it never publicized? Why haven't you seen a story on it where they draw blood and they look to see what the antibody levels are in a population? They check for previous infection. Ask yourself these questions. They don't have good answers. They just get mad at you. They say, listen to the science. Obey Fauci. Listen to the science. That's all you'll ever hear from them. And what Joe Biden was saying last night, I mean, it honestly, it enrages me. It enrages me. I'm, I'm, I get angry about this now because these people are tyrants. They're not living in reality. They're pretending that they're also rooted in the data. They're also smart. It's laughable now, except it's deadly serious, but it's laughable that they still cling to the belief that they knew what to do all along, that they had the answers, that Joe Biden and his team you know, he walks out there, he struts out to the podium. He's wearing his mask for the walk up to the podium and then he takes it off. Yeah, that's really that's great. Really keeping people in the empty hallway safe until you walk up to the podium. And now you're so what exactly was the mask wearing? It was all for show. It's virtue signaling. It's vanity from people like Biden. The guy's already vaccinated. You're still wearing masks after vaccination. I, I want you to remember something. It would have been considered lunacy a year ago to suggest that vaccinated people with a 95% protection rate, vaccinated people, depending on, I know, if it's the Moderna or the Pfizer vaccine, uh, would still have to go through all these restrictions afterwards. People would have said, well, that's crazy. That's where we are. Don't let them gaslight you. Don't let them pretend that what you know to be true is not true. And don't let them get away with stuff like this. I mean, this was where it really reached a, a, a peak of, of mania. Joe Biden talking about what's in your future if you do everything that you're told. Play one. I need you. I need every American to do their part. And that's not hyperbole. I need you. I need you to get vaccinated when it's your turn and when you can find an opportunity. And to help your family, your friends, your neighbors get vaccinated as well. Because here's the point. If we do all this... If we do our part, if we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends, will be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout and a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. That doesn't mean large events with lots of people together, but it does mean small groups will be able to get together. After this long, hard year, that will make this Independence Day something truly special where we not only mark our independence as a nation, but we begin to mark our independence from this virus. But to get there, 
We can't let our guard down. This fight is far from order, from over, as I told the woman in Pennsylvania. I'll tell you the truth. On July 4th, with your loved ones, is the goal. But a goal, a lot can happen. I've been seeing my loved ones for 12 months now. We've taken certain prescri- uh, you know, taken certain precautions at different times, especially in the earlier days when we didn't know more about the virus. And I'm sure that 90%, 99% maybe of those of you listening right now across the country have also not, not seen your loved ones. It's like Fauci and Biden don't actually live in America. They just go from a hermetically sealed box to the green room or, or you know, to the, the satellite hit they do on CNN or MSNBC, and then they go back to the hermetically sealed box. They've got to be kidding me. Do, do you really think anyone's going to be listening to them? As the, the caseload has already dropped, not because of masks, not because we've done anything, all right? That's just ridiculous now to hold this position. Oh, we fought so well against the virus. No, the winter time is ending. The flu season, which is now the COVID season, uh, has dissipated. Because that's what happened last year, too. We've all seen this. All right. We've all seen the curves go up and come down. It hasn't changed. We know what's going on here. Listen to me. And maybe you can be with your loved ones by July. I just want to tell Joe Biden. I mean, he we're at a point now. We just have to say Biden really just needs to go Fauci himself. And it's not like you have a choice in the matter. That's clear from the Biden speech last night. It's not like you're allowed to say, you know what? I just want to live my life. No, they they want to continue to meddle and control and poke and prod and be in charge. They don't want to give that up. They much prefer this power. They've got other things they have to use this for. They're not done with you. You don't have a you don't have a say in this, America. Joe Biden and the scientists. Think about this. They use the term the scientists unironically. I mean, they're being serious. As if there's some group called the scientists that determine what policy is, and there's no debate, there's no judgment calling it whatsoever. Meanwhile, Dr. Fauci now has to admit, yeah, we don't actually have the science on this, but we're making judgment calls. But Biden goes up and gives a speech about the scientists all say. Really? What about the thousands of scientists that signed the Great Barrington Declaration that said that we should just do focus protection, that all of this is essentially kabuki theater? That's right, virus kabuki theater. Thousands of scientists, they sign their name to it from places like, you know, Harvard Medical School and Cambridge University and places that actually usually get a lot of credibility on the left. Ignored. Ignored. Wow. The people in charge really think that they must be so smart, huh? Or maybe there's something else going on here. Maybe there's a deep insecurity at the fact that they pushed us into this madness and we were all now suffering the consequences that they didn't actually save us. They didn't protect us. And they made things worse. I would argue that the lockdowners and the Fauciites made everything worse. And by taking this out of the hands of individuals to take their own precautions and making the go- make, using the force of government, because that is what they did, use the force of government for universal quarantine measures, which were understood in the medical community to be unthinkable and counterproductive for about 100 years until... 2020 to use the force of government to make us all mass to for a mass quarantine of the healthy for months on end was known to be insane until what feels like about five minutes ago and if you have any problem with that you're the bad person you're the wrong person and they don't care 
that you can now point to the data. You can point to mask mandates. They, they don't even deal with the facts. The CDC says within the margin of error, mask mandates bring down case numbers. Within the margin of error? Did, was, was that really what we were led to believe? They had the CDC director say masks were more effective than the vaccine. That is, you know he said it. That is a, a you know, a, roughly speaking, a quote, but that's what he said. And I would even go so far as to say that this mask is more guaranteed to protect me than a vaccine. That was, I think, exactly what he said. That was Director Redfield of the CDC. That guy's a moron. These people are idiots. You think a mask gives you 90? Do you think if we were all wearing masks and that created 95% protection whenever you're wearing a mask? In fact, there's a very strong case to be made, and they don't want to hear this, but it's true that people were actually more willing to be around other people and expose themselves to the virus because they figured, well, I'm wearing a mask. I'm taking precautions. Okay, you're taking precautions until you pull the mask down for a moment, you know, because it's a little uncomfortable. You want to scratch something and, you know, there's there's virus flowing in the air, goes into your nostrils, goes into your mouth. Now you're infected. You put your mask back up, though, and, oh, I'm really protected. I'm really protecting myself. I mean, go go look at the numbers of uh frontline healthcare workers i know they're exposed to more of the virus but you know that it's not 95 percent effective to be wearing a cloth mask even in a clinical setting because hundreds of thousands of doctors and nurses got infected they're wearing ppe you just all you have to do is think this through and all these arguments they make just falls apart now they pretend well it's worth it for one percent really the dehumanizing uncomfortable effect of mass mask policy and what that does to our psychology as a nation and to us as people is worth it even though i'm telling you that there fauci himself said that there were dangers for masks in the early days there were people the head of uh, infectious disease at the government level in sweden was saying people are going to think that they're safer because they wear a mask and they're actually going to expose themselves more so we shouldn't convince people there was all this this has all been forgotten now listen to them or else, Biden says, here he is on you better be vigilant, which means do whatever I say or else play two. And getting back to normal depends on national unity and national unity isn't just how politics and politicians vote in Washington, or what the loudest voices say in cable or online. Unity is what we do together as fellow Americans, because if we don't stay vigilant and the conditions change, then we may have to reinstate restrictions to get back on track. And please, we don't want to do that again. We've made so much progress. This is not the time to let up. Just as we were emerging from a dark winter into a hopeful spring and summer is not the time to not stick with the rules. The rules. The rules. The rules are arbitrary. The rules didn't work. The rules, they make them up as they please these are policies this is not science these are judgment calls this is not a mathematical formula you we either as a kind i know for a lot of you in places where you feel like oh it's you know it's pretty normal around me yeah but you know air travel and train travel and on federal grounds federal buildings and a lot of private businesses national chains they're all just going to cling and cling and cling to those little Little dirty masks we've all been forced to wear that we're sneezing in and coughing in. It's gross. Gotta wear it all the time. Yeah? Just just ask somebody. When, when The next time someone gives you a hard time, I'd say, show me, the, show me the data on outdoor transmission of coronavirus in open air. Show me that data. 
Show me, show me where those cases are. They'll say, oh, I believe the science. Oh, I believe the science. They actually don't. This has become a religious belief for people that don't like to read. But nonetheless, whatever Fauci says goes, will reinstate restrictions. Oh, now you could say the federal government doesn't, doesn't do this. The states do. It's the Democrat Party, folks. What Biden says, every blue state is going to do. And even some of you red states, you know, Governor Abbott in Texas, really weak on this stuff. He's gotten a little better recently, but not much. Some of those red states, highly disappointing. So it's not like you haven't suffered through this. If you live in a city, if you live in a densely populated part of the country, you've basically been put through this unless you. Well, even in Florida, that's not even true. Even in Florida, Miami's got a lot of mask mandates. You know, I had somebody that I was talking to from 10 feet away in an outdoor kiosk tell me to put on a mask to talk to them from 10 feet away outside because it was Miami law. And I mean, and I feel badly for these people because what they're saying is moronic, but it's not always their fault. We've got work to do to ensure that everyone has confidence in the safety and effectiveness of all three vaccines. So my message to you is this. Listen to Dr. Fauci, one of the most distinguished and trusted voices in the world. He's assured us the vaccines are safe. They underwent rigorous scientific review. I know they're safe. Vice President Harris and I know they're safe. That's why we got the vaccine publicly in front of cameras. So for the world to see, so you can see us do it. The first lady and the second gentleman also got vaccinated. Talk to your family, friends, your neighbors, the people you know best who've gotten the vaccine. We need everyone to get vaccinated. We need everyone to get vaccinated? Does that mean children? They think the kids who are at effectively zero risk from this disease need to get vaccinated? Really? Is that going to be a condition of opening schools? And I'm sorry, I am not willing to forget the fact that Kamala and Joe were willing to spend uh, real time during the campaign casting doubt on the safety of the vaccine because it was useful for attacking Trump. Does the vaccine work? Well, you know, you can't really trust Trump and uh, it's his it's his uh, FDA that's approving it. So that created a lot of mistrust. Now they're they're acting like they're heroes for cleaning up a mess that in part they made by casting real aspersions on the safety of the vaccine in the first place. That came from Kamala. That came from Joe Biden, because that's how ruthless these Democrat politicians are. That's how ruthless they are. Whatever they had to say. And don't ever forget that so much of the media around this was just a function of whatever's necessary to defeat Donald Trump. Whatever they had to say about the vaccine, about the virus, about everything around it, lockdowns, as long as it was useful in their quest to beat Donald Trump, they were on board. They were willing to do it. And it's, it's something that I will not uh, I will not let go. I will I will not forget that. And I just think it's it's amazing. They they hold up Fauci. I mean, he's become this this uh, this symbol, really, this this emblem of the of great scientific, uh, you know, great scientific knowledge. What exactly has he done? What what is the the basis for thinking this guy has great judgment or is even a genius in his field? He's a bureaucrat who's been going around releasing, uh, you know, public safety announcements about the flu for the last 20 years and saying, wash your hands. Great. Wow. I'm impressed. 
And now we find out, and they just forget this, that hand-washing probably does very little. I'm not saying it's irrelevant. Lots of little things can help. But they can't stop this. And it's not as though if they constantly uh, nag us about all this, we're going to be so much better protected. But go back and, and see what Fauci was saying about HIV in the 80s and the way that he was terrifying people and the misinformation that he was spreading. So if this guy actually worked in, in the private sector and there was any accountability for what he did, what he had done, um, he would have lost his job. But there isn't any accountability. He's a bureaucrat. This guy's not impressive. He, Biden holds up Fauci like, how could anybody argue with him? Fauci, 12 months ago, scoffed at the idea of masks as an effective public health measure, as Fauci calls it, for stopping this virus. What, what did we learn what do we learn after that? They say, oh, well, we didn't know about asymptomatic case spread. OK, well, we thought the virus was substantially more lethal when Fauci said that than it actually ended up being. And it was a question of should you wear a mask as a means of stopping the spread of the virus? Is it good protection for you? Does it stop you from infecting other people? And Fauci was like, nah, doesn't really doesn't really work. It's not really worth it for the public, which is, by the way, the correct answer. They can pretend now like, oh, no, there are all these revelations and we had a mannequin and the mannequin did a spray through a thing. And they're, they're telling you that the scientific consensus, if you believe the scientific consensus of 12 months ago, that was the scientific consensus on this issue in the West for 100 years. If you believe that you're a conspiracy nut and you don't believe science, that's where we are. That's that is just a straight recitation of objective reality. As you can tell, I am very angry about this. They've destroyed lives, friends. We had the most overdoses from uh, from drugs in this country in our history last year, over 80,000. And that's just an indicator. It's like looking at homicides in a city as an indicator of overall crime. There's a lot of drug abuse, spousal abuse, child abuse, uh, self-harm, deep psychological depression. You know, people that don't understand mental health issues uh, can't, can't have an appreciation for this. When you're in a mental health crisis, it, it is as painful and awful as any physical crisis can be for you. I mean, it's it's a true prison of, of terror and fear and awfulness. And we did that to people with our policies in this country because of people like Fauci. We blocked them off from human contact. We blocked them off from loved ones. And lots of people died of the virus anyway, weren't allowed to see their loved ones, weren't allowed to have any time with them at the end because, you know, Dr. Fauci is, is king of the world. Uh, people should be deeply embarrassed about the cowardice really the, the character and ethical cowardice that they showed by just handing over all their critical faculties to government bureaucrats. That is what this is. There was another way. They can ignore it as much as they want. They could pretend that there wasn't, but there was, in fact, another way. And some people in some places were able to take it. I bring you Governor Ron DeSantis, great state of Florida, play 13. The thing I hear... Um, I was just talking to a friend of mine who was in D.C. And he's like, you know, the difference between Florida and D.C. is like it's dead. It's totally dead. Uh, here, people are living life. They're happier. 
uh, and th things are just, just want to be here uh, compared to that. And, and I think that that has an effect far beyond these nursing homes in there, but I think it's most acute in the nursing homes. So God bless those nursing home residents. They've been through an awful lot over the past year. And But, yes, we got to do whatever we can to bring fulfillment to them. So if any of those facilities have any need for the state to help them out on any of that, uh, we're ready, willing, and able. We were the first with the testing. We were the first with the protections against the discharges into the facilities, first with the vaccines. Um, and we want to be first to help them reach the fulfillment that they need. There's so much about the Florida model that needs a lot more attention, but the media won't do it because they were all parts of the of the stupidity, the fraud, and the panic. Uh, there there has always been this this false this false argument that was made during the pandemic for the last 12 months by Democrats, by lockdowners and by some Republicans, too. I, by no means do I, do I think that this is only uh, Democrats, but it was you know, really if you look at the data, you show Democrats are like, I'm going to mask up forever. A lot of them. They're crazy. I mean, they've completely lost all sense of, of proportion and reality. Uh, some of them, not all of them. But um, but when you look at this, the the false argument that was always presented was. You either obey Fauciism like he is your God King and there can be no questioning. Or you're out there, you know, spraying virus in people's faces, virus denier, vax denier, no science, flat earth. You know, this was a total caricature the whole time, a complete and utter fraud. This doesn't this this is not the the opposite of what they're saying. Mean, rather, this is not the uh, opposition to what they were saying. It's a caricature of the op opposition was uh, it would it was possible to do focus protection in nursing homes and to allow businesses to continue to operate, to continue to stay open, to allow people to be out. I mean, at the beginning of, the, of this, folks, they were telling people you shouldn't go out into public parks. You remember they were shutting down playgrounds, the experts. They were arresting people. You know, they forget about all this now. And they don't want to talk about it because it just shows how crappy their judgment is and how full of it they were because they were saying that was about the science, too. I mean, this is like the, the, the Democrats with covid are like a stockbroker who loses you money every time you give him money to invest on your behalf. You know, hey, I'm your financial advisor. You keep losing money. Oh, don't worry about this. This idea, if you, I'm an expert, this idea is going to make you the money. You say, hold on a second. Your last five ideas, I've, I've lost everything. Why am I going to? Oh, no, 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 no. What are you talking about? I'm the expert. I'm the expert. Listen to me or else. Listen to me or you're, you're going to miss out on this big bull market. A lot of Democrats say, all right, here you go. Papa needs a new pair of shoes. You know, let's roll the dice. Let's go for it. It's absurd. The difference here was whether we allowed for individual localized improvisation, individual choice and uh, and actually paid attention to what states were, were were functioning well and what states were not under different um, approaches to the virus. Look at California. Look at Florida. Florida is better on all of them, all of the numbers, all of the metrics. California was an extreme lockdown state. Florida allowed for a continuation of life. There were still restrictions. There was even still indoor masking. Which, quite honestly, if I were in charge, I mean, I think that a government indoor mask mandate is is not supported by the data that actually you look at restrictions and, and what what worked and mask mandates and different. I mean, we have the data from the CDC on this. Um, but, you know, I, I think in some ways even even Florida got pushed into more than it really should have had to do. But at least it was sane. If we were shutting down restaurants. We shut down outdoor dining in California. Think about that. You shut down outdoor dining. What? 
They shut down schools. Why? It's not only that children are at entirely acceptable risk from this virus, which means almost no risk. They don't spread it to adults. And we don't even really know why. But it's very hard for adults to get this from children. And they still have schools shut down. Uh, this is a fight that we, we cannot we cannot relent. We cannot let them get away with this. Uh, I know that they think that they're smart. I know the lockdowners, the left, the Democrats, the corporate media believe so strongly. They listen to the science. These are people without intellectual curiosity or intellectual honesty who have all become invested in this for reasons that have nothing to do with actually stopping the virus or saving lots of lives as much as they may pretend otherwise. This is about vanity and virtue signaling and the refusal, the refusal to accept the fact that they were unwilling to take a country first approach to dealing with this virus in 2020, because the first priority of Democrats in 2020 was not beating covid. It was beating Donald Trump. Well, absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, not only her comments, but certainly comments that the administration has made over the last several days, I think you have to say that the crisis that we currently see is the Biden plan, is what they had in mind all along. Whether they thought that they would get the numbers as quickly as they they have uh, is up for question. But I think this is their plan. Uh, But when she talks about inhumane or humane policy, that there's pent up demand, uh, I vehemently disagree with that. I think it's the most humane inhumane uh, message that you can give and you can sell all of these individuals a lie. And what do I mean by that? We know that the vast majority of these folks do not uh, qualify for asylum. And so they are eventually going to have to be deported or leave the country and go back to their uh, to their countries of origin. They know that the Biden administration knows that. So they are selling these individuals a lie, encouraging them uh, to put themselves in the hands of smugglers and traffickers. And so uh, my opinion is that is the most inhumane message and inhumane policy that you can deliver. So Chad Wolf, who was uh, acting DHS chief uh, for a while, saying here that this the border crisis is the Biden plan. He's right about that. But there's a part of this that I would add. Uh, there's a part of this that I think he's honestly not seeing correctly. And that is uh, that. The Biden plan is actually for the yes, it's to pretend that they're going to get asylum. It's to tell people, come here, you'll get asylum, but they're going to stay. They're not going to get deported. That's the part of this that I think Chad is actually not seeing. They're not going to get deported. (laughs) That's the whole point. The, The illegal immigrants who are coming to the country right now. And remember, their first act on U.S. soil, literally on U.S. soil, is the illegal crossing, which is a violation of U.S. law. It's a form of trespassing. It's a form of violating U.S. national sovereignty. That's the first thing that they do. And then they've been coached, because the word has been out for a long time about this, to claim defensive asylum or secondary asylum, which is essentially throwing themselves on the mercy of the United States and saying, oh, I I know that I shouldn't have come like this, but I'm just desperate. If I go back to my home country, I'm going to be killed by, you know, the the secret police or something. That's why we have this. So that if you were fleeing the Soviet Union and you happen to get to, you know, the, the shores of 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 New York or, you know, you made your way to the shores of Florida or wherever. And you say, OK, I know I didn't come through your legal process, but. You guys got to give me a chance, because if I actually get sent back to my home country, I'm going to be killed. These are Central American migrants who are coming largely. It's not all from Central America. And they're saying, uh, I want to be in America. I mean, their real motivation is I want to be in America because it's better wages, better infrastructure, better government and a better system. That's just called being an immigrant, right? They want to be immigrants. And I do not I have, I have no blame or disdain or, you know, I, 
I understand that impulse. You know, life is not fair. Being born in a country that is a dysfunctional mess versus being born in America, that is an unfair disparity that human beings are, are going through all over the world every day. Right? Being born in North Korea is worse than being born in, you know, Oklahoma City. Okay? It is worse. We understand this. And unfortunately, we can't make this entirely fair because then the country that is better is going to cease to be a country. If you no longer have control over your borders, you don't really have a country anymore. We all understand how that works. If you don't, just think about, okay, go tell a country um, you know, the size of the Netherlands that they need to take in 5 million, you know, 5 million immigrants from, from Syria, Afghanistan, uh, you know, Libya, you, know, you name it, countries that have had wars in recent years and that are having terrible problems. And then tell those people in, in the Netherlands, well, your country's going to be the same. You're just taking in immigrants. Well, yeah, but we're, we're actually changing the character of the nation because we're changing the people of this nation dramatically in a transformational way that does not allow for the kinds of, um, uh, you know, the, the kinds of processes that bring people into a feeling of community in the same nation over time. Right? We're supposed to have that. That's supposed to be a, a part of all of this. And uh, yet they don't really talk about this. They don't have that as even a discussion point anymore. It's allow for mass migration into your country or else you are being unfair. Allow for mass migration in the country or else you're a bad person. Actually, you're you're a racist. There are a lot of countries that don't allow people to just show up and, and become permanent citizens with voting rights and and a uh, the ability to, to demand resources from the state. Right. We're, we're supposed to have a a process in place. But the Democrats, the Biden administration is intentionally undermining it. We have an open border, friends. That's what this is. Press secretary smites Fox host that dissed diversity in the U.S. military. You might be wondering, why is Buck reading a headline from the uh, comments or, or from from a, a blog post at Slate.com or HuffPost or one of these other lunatic left wing, uh, you know, garbage heaps. But no, that's actually from Defense.gov. That's actually on a government news website. Uh, we have to get into this right now. We've got our friend Kurt Schlichter joining us. He spent decades in the United States military, still active in the Army Reserve. And uh, he's a senior columnist at townhall.com. You should always look for his work. Kirk, great to see you again. So here, here's the at the heart of this. The United States military, quote, is the greatest the world has ever seen because of its diversity. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby said during a news briefing, Kirby addressed this because a Fox cable host uh, used his show to denigrate the contributions of women in the military and to say the Chinese military is catching up to the U.S. military because it does not allow women to serve the percentage in the United States does. I want to be very clear up front, Kirby said. Diversity of our military is one of our greatest strengths. I've seen it for myself in long months at sea in the combat waged by troops in Iraq and Afghanistan. And I've seen it right. Yada, yada, yada. OK, um, first of all, why is a an employee of the of the DOD uh, press Pentagon press secretary John Kirby attacking uh, Tucker Carlson? Like, why spend his time doing that? Is, is he a pundit? Oh, well, is, because it's what is. 
It's because what it's his masters want done. Look, if, if, if Donald Trump's people had did it, this would have been the greatest assault on free speech in the history of assaults on free speech. It would have been uh, literally violence. I'd be literally shaking. You'd be literally shaking. The whole world would be literally shaking. But remember, Buck, there are no rules. There's just power. And unfortunately, they have it now, and they're using their power to neuter the American military. The thing is, Tucker called them on it. He told the truth, and they don't want to hear it. Now, to actually discuss this, I have to put on my trial lawyer hat because this is a little bit of sleight of hand argument-wise. Tucker said, hey, the American military is an unserious organization because we're focusing on things like maternity flight suits and transsexual surgery. This is indisputably true. The Chinese are focusing on killing Americans, which is also indisputably true. Now, they don't want to talk about that because it's indisputably true. So what they want to do is lie and pretend that Tucker is running down the contributions of women in the military. That is, again, a lie, and it's a lie told by people who have failed to win a war in the last 20 years. I think that's a much bigger issue um, than anything else. Now, how, how does social justice, called. I mean, the social justice focus that the Pentagon brass have, you know, what are the ways in which I mean, you mentioned like maternity flight suits? I mean, essentially, what is the you know, Tucker was making the argument as as he admit he's he's not somebody who's served in the military, but he's obviously in contact with a lot of people who are and he's a commentator and that's what he's doing. He's sharing his his view on what's happening. I also think that, you know, this is a fascinating uh, new standard where the United States military now, when it comes to Tucker Carlson, if you didn't serve, you're not allowed to have opinions on it, right? I mean, it's supported by tax dollars. It yeah, defends that, all of us. But but what is the case in your mind that, that Tucker is making? I mean, what do we need to be aware of? Uh, well, Tucker is accurately pointing out that our military is concerned with social justice nonsense, because that's what it is, and not winning wars. Okay, let's, let's review the last 20 years. And I think this is a significant point. I made on Twitter last night and uh, most of leftist Twitter collectively wet itself, uh, I pointed out that Tucker has won as many wars as our present military leadership has in the last two decades, but Tucker has actually lost fewer wars than our present military uh, leadership has in the last two decades, and they don't want you to talk about that. The American military is not ready to fight China. Instead, it's chasing its tail with uh, nonsense, about quote-unquote diversity, which I want to come back to in a second, and all this social justice garbage, because that's what it is. Let me tell you what diversity is in the military. Diversity is everybody wearing camouflage, okay? It shouldn't be an issue. Who you are shouldn't matter. Now, capabilities do matter, and there are realities of uh, differences between men and women that need to be taken into account and need to be discussed. Women and men are different. It doesn't, doesn't say anything bad about women. And I resent the implication that somehow pointing out that a 100-pound woman is going to have trouble carrying a 100-pound backpack is somehow an attack on her patriotism. Let me tell you, Buck, when I was a platoon leader in Desert Storm, uh, I, I ran a heavily armed car wash, um, so I'm, I'm wondering if I'm allowed to speak since I wasn't in Delta Force. But we'll, we'll just assume I, I, I fit within the rules of who can talk about the military for now. Uh, when I was there, I had a, a female squad leader who had a photosensitive skin disease. 
which she hid. Now, that's a big problem when you're in the desert. But she hid it because she wanted to be with her troops. I had to send her home. Her heart, unquestioned. Her patriotism, unquestioned. Her courage, unquestioned. And no one's questioning any of that. And it's a lie to get us talking about that instead of the reality that we are cutting, we are trading combat readiness for political correctness. That is indisputable. Tell me we're not slamming destroyers into cargo ships. We are. Tell me we're not uh, 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 driving pilots out of the Air Force. We are. Tell me all American uh, brigade combat teams are ready to deploy. They aren't. Now, there was a story uh, that I saw as well this week, Kurt, that was a, a war game exercise. I'm sure you saw this, too, about how it would go I right did. now if the U.S. had to had to fight a, a straight up force on force war against China, not yep. a cyber war, a, you know, guns going boom, boom war. And it didn't come out well for the U.S. No, it, it, it didn't. Uh, and they don't want to talk about that. The simple fact is that Chinese have built up their military. We have weakened ours. We have weakened ours because we have gotten away from the basics of uh, military leadership and military culture. I I, I consider uh, the, the the fact that we have not built up our navy to be a critical fact. I think a worse fact for America is that we have not demanded that the officer corps focus on war fighting instead of this political correct garbage. I mean, we've got Raytheon's own Lloyd Austin is now the uh, you know Secretary of Defense, and his big thing is making sure everybody thinks exactly the same way, just like Joe Biden. Well, to the extent Joe Biden thinks and isn't told what he thinks. Uh, and, and, and rooting out conservative people within the military. They call them extremists. That's another lie. But uh, the, the, what the military should be doing is preparing to deter our enemies or defeat them in high-intensity combat. It is not ready to do so. This failure of leadership, uh, and I'm terrified of this, Buck, this failure of leadership is going to lead to a disastrous engagement where thousands of Americans die unnecessarily because they are not well-trained, not well-equipped, and not well-led. I am not happy to say this. I am not excited to say this. This makes me sick to my stomach. And you know what also tears me up? After 27 years in the military, and I loved it, I no longer recommend people join the military. Somebody says, should I join the military? I'm like, stop. You need to really think. You know, if you do, that's great. Do I think the military is a uh, organization that's going to uh, uh, treat you correctly? No, I don't. I do not think it is. How did this, and we're talking to Kurt Schlichter. He's a senior columnist at Town Hall and an army veteran uh so kurt how did we get to this point in your estimation where, where you're now saying this i mean this has got to be for somebody who spent over two decades serving uh, this has got to be something that's tough for you to say and i know there are others i've even talked to you with others who are military oh, yeah. present where we were discussing this who feel very much the same way i'm sure you're talking to guys who are on the inside guys and gals who are on the inside of, of the dod who feel this way how did we get to this point and how do we get out of it well, look, Buck, a commander, uh, uh, troops do what commanders check. And in the Obama administration, they made it very clear that you needed to toe a liberal line. And they promoted liberal generals. And people down the line understood that. And that's what they enforced. So now you see these, uh, uh, now you see these bizarre reading lists, you know, for, uh, uh, for, for, of all these uh, uh, commanders. And it's all full of this uh, uh, racist garbage. 
Oh, like, an, like so they're doing anti, so anti-racism yeah. training for four-star generals yeah. is now necessary. That's yeah, it. It, yeah, it's just garbage. And they all do it. And why did they do it? Because that's what was rewarded in the Obama administration. Why didn't Trump do anything about it? Because, unfortunately, like many civilians, he, he was impressed by the military and deferred to the generals and didn't go in and change it. This could change tomorrow. This could change in a heartbeat. You need a conservative president calls in the chairman of the Joint Chiefs and says, here's how it's going to be. And if it isn't, I'm firing you. And then I'm going to fire everybody in the chain of command. And I'm going to retire you or send you to Nome, Alaska to hand out volleyballs. And you you put a couple figurative heads on pikes and the military will conform. That's the thing. That's why it's vulnerable. It is a, a, a military conforms to the vision of its leaders. If the vision of the leaders is social justice nonsense, then that's what the military is going to be. If, it, if it's combat readiness, it will come back. So I'm hoping we get a president who is quite willing to demand that we have a warfighting organization and fire generals until he gets one. And believe me, you put a few, you, you kick a few of these guys out and put them to pasture, the rest of the generals will conform. Kurt Schlichter, everybody, go to townhall.com for his latest column. Follow him on social. Kurt, always appreciate it, man. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, man.